This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Rabbi let's start. So we're here today to discuss a very interesting sugya of Shmirat Enayim, watching your eyes. There's a lot of stuff to discuss. We'll try to cover ground as much as possible. And Rabbi the Maremek, I'm about to read you this Small uh, tidbits from the Torah are tremendous, are tremendous. You know, I remember, if you guys uh, read Israeli history, in one of the wars, I forgot which war it was, it was the Six-Day War or Yom Kippurim. And one of the wars, the IDF was genius, because Hashem made them genius. What did they do? A genius move. They knew the Egyptians were about to surprise attack Eretz Yisrael. The Egyptians wanted to ambush Israel with Syria. What did the IDF do? Before the Egyptians even started the war, the Israelis with their planes went to Egyptian land and they bombed their whole aircraft. The whole air force of Egypt planes. Boom, 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 they planned surprise attack the Egyptians. So now even if Egypt wanted to go to war, all they had for now is only by foot until the Russians helped them and sent planes. But for the next couple of days, all they had was the regular marines by foot. The airplanes, the air force was destroyed by the Israeli army. So I thought, and because of that, by the way, the Israelis won the war. I thought to myself, Rabotai, we're in this world, we're in a battle. Okay, whether you like it or not, we're in this world, we're in a battle. What is the battle? The battle is against the Yetzalah, the evil inclination. We have to know a strategy that's going to knock him out. We have to educate ourselves. What will be a genius move to cut the Yetzalah? To cut the evil inclination, to destroy him in the first place before he destroys us, the Jewish people. You listening, Chacham? We have to have a good strategy. So today we're going to learn an unbelievable mahalach, a derech, a plan on how to beat the Yetzara. The Gemara in Sotah says like this, Amar of Adafchet, En Yetzara Sholet, the Yetzara only can control a human being if you do one thing and one thing only. A person doesn't watch his eyes. When one doesn't watch his eyes, his eyes is like Hifkel, you know, whatever he sees on the phone, whatever it is he sees. If one doesn't control his eyes, the Yetzirah has reshut over him. Now the Yetzirah has an open door, he can take over. So if a person wants to be smart, if a person wants to beat the enemy, you want to beat the Yetzirah, remember, be like the Israelis. You destroy the aircraft in the first place, they can't do anything about it. So too, you want to beat the Yetzirah, make sure one controls his eyes. You control your eyes, the Yetzirah doesn't have permission to get in in the first place, to make you do more verot and more verot and more verot. That's what the Gemara here says. And the different Gemara goes on like this. Gemara says like this, Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar, the most favorable part of a person's body is the eyes, says Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because why is it when your foot hurts you, the eyes cry? When your head hurts you, the eyes cry. When you're in pain, it's always the eyes. What connection the feet to the eyes? What connection the hand to the eyes? The answer is, Rabbi the Gemara here is saying that the eyes is the father of the whole body. The eyes is the CEO. The eyes is like the, the, the congressman of the whole body. It represents... The whole body, a whole person's life, the eyes is all dependent on what he sees. A person sees good things, he will have an easy way how to beat the Yetzara. For example, a person, let's say, unfortunately, he had times in his life where he didn't control his eyes. One of the ways to do Teshuvah to repent is from now on to take your eyes and look at Sadiqim. 
Look at rabbis. Have a nice picture of Chacham Avad Yosef in your house. A nice picture of Rabbi Yashu, the Chafetz Chaim, the Ben Yishchai. Just looking at the picture of a tzaddik affects your neshama, and it's part of the teshuva of repenting for that sin of not controlling one's eyes. Or let's see you get an aliyah. Let's see you have a zechut to get an aliyah in the Sefer Torah. You looking at the words, you have to understand the, the power that you have in that moment. When you get an aliyah, utilize it. Look at the words of the Sefer Torah. Just looking at the words of the Sefer Torah enhances your neshama. It makes your neshama holier and it repents for the avera of not watching your eyes. Now, not watching your eyes, Rabbatai, is not only immodest things. We have a halacha that's a little forgotten, especially now with the internet. And that is one should not look at a face of a rasha, of a wicked person. I had a friend in yeshiva, a man who really lives in Israel, he's a Bukharian. His name is Bukhor Yitzchakov. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Okay, he's a Bukharian Jew. Learns 24-7. Now he's a Rosh Kolel and Eretz Yisrael. He was from Queens, from Forest Hills. I was with him in Yeshiva. He took upon himself not to look at any faces of Arasha. Forget Chas Shalom, girls. Not faces of Arasha. He really, really controlled his eyes. Now, if you guys, you probably, I don't know where you guys were born by then, but when, when Obama first became president, okay, that was in 2000 and... Eight, two thousand. It was big news. Okay, it was big news. So we were all like, "Oh, in yeshiva, wow, Barack Obama, Hussein Obama is president, whatever." So there was pictures of him in the hallway. Okay, this Bechor Yitzchakov. Okay, I remember him walking down the hall. He was always looking down. Why are you looking down in the hallway? There's no girls, nothing. He's like, I don't want to see all these politicians. All these none of these people are care about Hashem. They're all ashamed. They're all wicked. I don't want to look at wicked people. You understand? Since then, he didn't even want to look at a picture. Of Barack Obama. That's how much this person controlled his eyes. Bechor Yitzchakov. The early Bechor Yitzchakov, the Bukharian, Baruch Hashem. So a person has to control his eyes as much as possible. Just because something is modest doesn't mean you're allowed to look at it. You know, we have a concept from the Sfat Emet. Very interesting concept. He says, we have in Halakha something called Bracha Levatala. Bracha Levatala means you can't just make a Bracha on something. Let's say I want to do an extra mitzvah. So although I'm not drinking a cup of water, I say, Baruch Hashem, that's an Avera. For one to make a bracha out of place, a blessing where you're not supposed to, that's a sin, because you said Hashem's name for nothing. So we have something called bracha levatala. We have something called bitul zman, where a person wastes time when he's not supposed to. Let's say on his phone, he's too much on Netflix, so he wastes his time when he's not, that's called bitul zman. That's also a form of a sin. Says the Sfat there's another thing called Riya Levatala. You guys ever heard of this concept? Riya Levatala, which means you use your eyes, you looked at something you don't need. Can you imagine living with such a concept? I'm only looking at things I need. So no more Amazon basically, right? No more Amazon, no more uh, Expedia, no more rental cars, no more all these things. Because we're, you know, a lot of times the reason why we want to go on so much vacation is because we get exposed with our eyes in the first place. But according to this Riya Levatala method, Alavai, we should live like that. Can you imagine? You don't just look at anything while you wear hefkel, just like you don't eat anything. You have to be careful before you eat something. You cannot let your eyes just look at everything. Don't fall for the culture. Don't fall for the society that teaches us more and more. Whatever you see is the truth. Whatever you see is what the world is, because le'at, le'at, it's going to seep into your neshama. And like we learned over here, that the eyes is the CEO of the body, which means whatever the eyes controls, if it lets immodest things, it goes through the whole body. If it closes the doors, if it closes its eyes, it doesn't let bad things, to, it doesn't, the eyes doesn't look at bad things, the Yetzirah doesn't have entrance to the body in the first place, and that's how you beat the Yetzirah. Says the Zohar Kadush like this, The eyes are the manhigim of the whole guf, the eyes are the controllers of the body. 
They dictate how the body is going to work. You hear those words? The eyes control the body. When one watches his eyes, he has everything. That's how you beat the Yetzara. And he says the Gemara like this, Koach HaRa'ut et Koach HaNefesh. When one sees, you know the Gemara tells us, when one passes away after 120, one of the greatest, I usually don't talk about these topics, but one of the greatest Yisurim will be, if one did not control his eyes while he was alive, the Malach HaMavit, right? The Malach HaMavit that comes and takes out a person's Neshama. The Chofetz Chaim brings it down. Comes and takes a person's Neshama. A person, if he doesn't watch his eyes, the Malach HaMavit comes to him like in a, you, I guess you could say like a ball form of all the eyes, of all the moments in his life where he uses his eyes for the wrong things. And all the Lashonara that he spoke, it's going to be a bunch of tongues. Very freaky. Says the Chofetz Chaim, just from that shock, from the scaredness of the Malach HaMavet, of those two Averot, specifically those two Averot, a person dies on the spot. So the Chofetz Chaim says. From not controlling the eyes and not watching the mouth of the Shona. It happens to be, the Peloyet says a remez. He says, we know the alphabet, we have Samech, Ein, Pei, Tzadik. So he says, good trick to remember, Samech is a letter that's closed in all directions. It's a closed letter, Samech. Samech, when one closes his eyes, Samech, Ein, Right, the letter Ayn, which represents the eye. When one closes his eyes, pay, right, Samech Ayn pay. When one watches his mouth, what equals? Tzadik, he'll be a Tzadik. Person wants to be a righteous person, Samech, close, Ayn pay, Tzadik, that's a person who will be righteous. Those two tools, and like we say, the says, every single morning you put on tefillin. Why do we put on tefillin? Listen to the secret the Benishchai here says. I think it's Parashat Ba. The Benishchai says, we put in the shalyad. The shalyad of the tefillin has to be connected to live, has to be against our heart. Why? When you put on the tefillin shalyad, have in mind that the kedusha of tefillin is right now influencing ruchniut, influencing kedusha to your heart. So your heart is pure, not to go after yetzara. What's after your eyes? Don't go after your eyes. You put the shalrosh. The tefillin shalrosh goes in between your eyes. Why? To make sure the kedusha of the tefillin influences your eyes, not to go after everything you see. Don't just look up. Don't just look up if a person drives down the city. Don't just say, oh, it's uh, just, oh, wow, what is that? Abrakami uh, Fitch? Is that Tommy Hilfiger? Or what is this? Automatically, a person is oivel the pasuk, letatur chelevavchem, vachayenechem ashatem zoinim achareem. And the pasuk says automatically, a person's nature is to go after these things. When one is aware that the nature of him is to go after these things, he knows how to be aware in the first place. You know, in history, there were two different ways how to beat a war. One was called the regular army against the army. Okay, let's say France against England. You know who your enemy is. The French army have their uniform, and the English army have their, the Britain have their uniform. Then there's something called guerrilla fighting. Guerrilla fighting is when you don't know who your enemy is. Like in Vietnam War, they had guerrilla fighting. That's why a lot of American soldiers died. Because you don't know who the enemy is, and who's a civilian, you know what's going on, who's a citizen, who's not. So you don't know who to kill in the first place. How do you beat an army, you even know who they are? That's called guerrilla fighting. So too when it comes to the battle of the Yetzirah. It is very important. If one wants to beat the Yetzirah, he first has to name the Yetzirah. You first have to be aware who the Yetzirah is in the first place. If one doesn't know what's bad and what's good, he doesn't even know what to beat. If your person wants to fight the Yetzirah and win, you have to categorize him. Who is this Yetzirah? What is the Yetzirah? So it's very important to know that the Torah already said, Shmirat Enaim is one of the most common averot a person could do. 
One of the most common avilot a person can do is not watching his eyes. When one is aware that he has that in him, that the Yetzirah always wants him to fall with his eyes and do avilot, you already defined the Yetzirah. You already called him by his name. You named it. Now it's easier to beat it. Now you know what you're up against. You're up against a force that always wants you to fall, to fall and not watch your eyes. Now that you know who he is, your eyes are open. You're a lot more aware. Now you can beat the Yetzirah. The eyes, the eyes are so important. When you see something, that's what I wanted to get to, thank you. When you see something, it's not your body that sees, it's your nefesh. It's your nefesh, your soul that sees. Because after a person passes away, that's what I wanted to get to, I'm sorry. After a person passes away, the neshama that we have in ourselves, our souls, are able to see, we're able to see across the world. Our neshamas have the power, and it's based on science, right? Our, sci- our neshamas have the power to see from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. Right now, what stops us? Our bodies, the physical force. But even after a person passes away after 120, okay, his neshama is going to be able to see. So right now, in this world, when you see something, when you, could, when you see something with your eyes, it's not your body that sees, Rabotai. It's your neshama. It's the soul that sees. And where does our neshama come from? Our neshama comes from the Kisei Kavot, from the chair of Kadosh Baruch Hu, the holiest part of the world, the holiest creation of the world is our neshamot. Our souls that come from the Kisei Kavot. So when one uses his neshama for the wrong thing, can you imagine such a holy neshama that comes from the chair of Kadosh Baruch Hu, from the Kisei Kavot, brought down to this world, and then a person takes that koyecha neshama, that beauty that he has in himself, and he watches disgusting things. How does that make any sense? How can a person abuse such an important tool of an Hashem that Hashem gave us? The other day, I had a friend, okay, his friend got a brand new car. It wasn't a BMW, it was one of those other fancy ones, okay, it was a Lakewood. Very, very fancy car. A few days later, the guy literally crashed his car, okay, he's perfectly fine. But who crashes a brand new car? Can you imagine the guy has a brand new Lexus, all beautiful, nice leather seats? He's driving, driving, eh, the guy crashes a car, damage a scratch. Isn't it chaval? You know, it pains us when you hear such a thing. Such a beautiful car, it gets destroyed. Our neshamot, Rabotai, are so powerful. Our neshamot are so beautiful. They mean so much. There's so much power. There's so much power that we have, our neshamot. For a Jew to go use that neshama and look at disgusting things, what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? And I know that you saw the person has to understand is the Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon says, remind me to look back inside if you guys don't mind. The Golden Vilna says a very beautiful concept. He says, just like we have a Yusod, whoever runs after Kavod, the Kavod will run away from him. We have a, a rule. Whoever runs after honor that's not deserved to him, that he's not supposed to get, the honor will run away from him. Respect will run away from him. The more you run after respect, the more it runs away from the person. Says the Golden Vilna, Whoever runs after enjoyments that he doesn't need, the enjoyments will run away from him. You hear that concept? The more a person runs after enjoyment. Oh, I'm bored in Queens. Let's go to uh, Cancun, whatever it is. Oh, let's go to Puerto Rico. Fine, fine, fine. Go to Puerto Rico, go to Cancun. You're probably not going to watch your eyes. Okay, fine. That's Chabad. They're very good. Diving in the beautiful. <laughs> but go there, do whatever you got to do. Now that you ran after enjoyment, do you think you're going to be happy? Rabotai, a second later... You're going to want more. That enjoyment runs away from you, says the Golmavina. Just like when a person runs after Kavod, it runs away from him. And the more you run after Kavod, that's not yours. The more we run away from you, the more a person runs after Ta'avod that he doesn't need, the more Ta'avod will run away from him, he will not enjoy his life. You know, Chacham Avadi will say like this. He said, if the greatest Rashaim in the world would only understand how much Sadiqim enjoy a piece of chicken, 
all Rishayim will want to be tzaddikim. You hear that? If the most wicked people in the world will only know how much righteous people love their lives, how much they enjoy their life so much, all Rishayim will want to be tzaddikim. Because why is it that people don't listen to the terror? You know what the reason is? Because they think listening to the terror means a life full of restrictions. They think if a person keeps Shabbat, he's in prison. A person keeps kosher, he's in prison. That's one of the biggest mistakes a person can make. The truth is literally the opposite. One who follows Hashem's words will be the happiest person in the world. One who keeps kosher, one who keeps Shabbat will enjoy his life the most. It goes the other way. Whoever doesn't keep Shabbat is in prison. You know what the proof is, by the way? The proof is the phones these days. Whoever keeps Shabbat is proud to say, we don't go on WhatsApp, we don't touch our phones for 24, 24 hours, we keep Shabbat. But people who don't keep Shabbat, what happens? Every second on the phones, they're literally in prison. Literally in prison. Instagram, YouTube, there's, there's always like, their phones control them. People became their phones. They literally cannot control their eyes. But we who keep Shabbat... We're able to say, hey, look at that. We control our lives. We don't have to look at our phones. So whoever doesn't keep Shabbat Abutai, his desires own him. His desires own him. That is the truth. He's in prison. But one who keeps Shabbat, he owns his desires. He dictates when I'm doing something. Hey, Yitzhahara, you have the whole week to, you know, trick me and do all this. Shabbat? No, 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 no. No cooking, no driving, no using the phone, no writing. I'm going to control my life. Don't come tell me what to do. So a person who keeps Shabbat, he's out of prison. One who doesn't keep Shabbat, ay, 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 the Yetzirah has him. But the chains even on Shabbat. So says the Gaul Mivina, you want to enjoy your life? The less you run after enjoyments, the more a person will enjoy his life. And by the way, the method is very simple. Because if a Kaddish Baruch Hu, if God created all the enjoyments of the world, is telling us that the most enjoyable thing is learning Torah, then for those who believe in Hashem, obviously you're going to want to learn Torah more and more. For those who believe in Hashem, Baruch Hashem. If a person really believes in God, then just like a person enjoys all these things that he thinks is fun, wouldn't you trust the same chef or the same owner who tells you the most enjoyable thing is learning Torah? Let's say a person says the most enjoyable thing is going to Puerto Rico. Now, Puerto Rico is a lot of fun, but who created Puerto Rico? Who created all the fun stuff? Akadosh Baruch Hu. So the same Akadosh Baruch Hu is telling us the most enjoyable thing is learning Torah. Who in the world will argue with that? The same Akadosh Baruch Hu who created Puerto Rico, created Torah, and he's telling us it's the most enjoyable thing in the world. So if you want to have fun, if you want to enjoy your life, Rabbatai, it's Torah the one wants to run after. I just read a beautiful story. Rabbatai, we're still listening? Yes, good. I just read a beautiful story about a person that passed away. He wasn't religious when he was younger. From Isha Torah in Eretz Yisrael. Very interesting story. The person that was maspid him, who gave the, how do you say maspid in English? Um, eulogy, right? The eulogy. He said over an interesting story about this person that passed away. He was recently passed away from Corona. This fellow wasn't religious. He's from New York, eventually moved to Yerushalayim. He wasn't a religious Jew, but he always had, you know, the Haredim, the religious Jew from New York, walking next to him. He says one time he saw a religious Jew, he was passing by, I guess, a billboard or something not nice in Manhattan. He literally pulled his head down, like this. Like he pulled his head down, not to look at something immodest. So this person, the Muslim religious yet, was saying, what, how does a person literally have the control to pull his head down and not look at immodest things? All it is is, you know, I'm just looking. It's only my eyes. All it is, you know, I just continue walking, picking up your head. How does a person get the courage? How does he have the guts to control himself so much that we literally put his head down not to look at something like that? It must be, 
If they have such courage to do that, it must be that they're enjoying their life a lot more. They're obviously doing it for a better reason. There's got to be a reason why they're doing it. And you research more and more and more, and Rabbatai, just from this person, putting his head down, not to look immodest things, this person got closer and closer to Torah and Mitzvah, he became religious, eventually moved to Yerushalayim, and he learned an Asia Torah. But the lesson is clear. The lesson is clear. When one controls his eyes, when one does any mitzvot, yes, although you're giving up on a small enjoyment, but understand you're getting much bigger enjoyment. It's like going, it's like right now, let's say I go to you and I give you a very, very shiny penny or a very, very shiny quarter. Okay? I say here, take the quarter, okay, but please give me $100, a very crumbled up $100 bill. What would a person take? A shiny penny, a shiny quarter, or a $100 bill? It's a little. Obviously the $100 bill. So to Rabbatai in this world, you have to understand the value that you're getting when one listens to Hashem. The value that you're getting, the enjoyment you get when you follow Torah and Mitzvot, when a person watches his eyes. Yes, you're giving up something shiny, because the whole world does it, and the whole world has a culture about not controlling your eyes, right? They do all these weird things. But when a person controls himself, you're basically giving up a shiny penny. You're giving up a shiny quarter, but you know what you're getting instead when you watch your eyes? You're getting Kiddushah. You're getting holiness. And that's a $100 bill. That value of enjoyment is a lot bigger and better. The worth of being holy, the value of being Kadosh, close like Kadosh Baruch Hu, is the greatest enjoyment. So don't think if one starts to watch his eyes, his life is going to be so hard and he's not going to... No, when one watches his eyes, the opposite. You'll enjoy your life a lot more. The investment is even bigger because there's no greater enjoyment than being close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And how do you get close to Hashem when one watches his eyes? So set the goal, Mavina. You want to be happy. You want to be happy. Don't run after enjoyments. Run after Torah and Mitzvot. You know the Rish Shiva, Rabbi Kala, Rish Shiva of Lakewood. Please remember to look back into this. Okay, who's going to be the referee? Yeah, you're going to be. Tell me to look back to the paper after the story. Rabbi Kala said over a story like this. No, I'm sorry. His son, Rabbi Shneir Cutler. Shaka was a Shiva of Lakewood. He said that his father and his father-in-law were all big gedolim, they're all big rabbis. And he said, you know, there was something about them that they were always happy. They were always besimcha. They were always happy people. What were they so happy about? So he said, they were never looking for something else, which means they were happy with their lives. He says, when a person runs after oning, when a person always runs to do things to have fun, it's because he's running away from something. When someone lives in choshech, when someone lives in netzvut, in sadness a little bit, a certain form of sadness or depression or darkness, he wants to leave that situation and he wants to go out of, out of whatever life he is in order to enjoy his life. He has to leave the position he's in in order to enjoy his life. So he says these great tzaddikim were always happy. Why were they always happy? Because they never lived in darkness to run away from it in the first place. They were happy with their lives. They were not sad, they were satisfied, they were happy, they felt accomplished, there was no need for them to go other places to be happy, they were happy with themselves. The greatest enjoyment was learning Torah. In fact, very interesting you saw, that we learned from the Arizal. The Arizal says, the Makat Choshech, where we just learned it, was the ninth Makkah. Now, it depends how you count up, the ninth, the number nine is Midat Ayesod, which means Kedushah. Holiness. Midati Yisod is specifically the, the theme of controlling one's eyes, the number nine. And so too, it's the theme of Kiddushah of holiness. So he says, Makat Choshech, the plague of darkness, was number nine. And what happened? We know the Mitzrim, the Egyptians, had darkness. The Jews, at the same time, had all. They had light. 
So he says, when one, unfortunately, he says over there, when one Aksaka Mitzri says the Arizal, when one Aksaka Egyptian, what did the Egyptians represent back then? Tum'ah. The Egyptians were known to be very low life, very disgusting people. Very, very disgusting when it comes to Znut and all these disgusting things. The Jews, we know Chazat Talos, were very, very in control of themselves when it came to these bad sins that the Mitzrim had. That they're not going to influence when it comes to Znut from the Mitzrim, the Jews. That's what Midrash tells us. So he says, Makat Choshech, the ninth plague was darkness. The Mitzrim were in darkness. The Jews had light. Why? When one does not control his eyes. When one lives a life of Tumah, of impurity, he looks at whatever he wants on his phone. He lives that life. He lives in darkness. But when one controls his eyes, when one is a holy person, he lives with light. That's why Makat Choshech is the ninth Makah. Because number nine represents Kedushah. A person wants to be holy, you want to have light, you want to have all in your life, you want to be happy, control your eyes. A person has to control his eyes as much as possible. But I want to share with you a beautiful Gol Mivina. Gol Mivina writes like this. So many papers. Hmm... Hold on, hold on. I made a copy of it. It's important to read it inside. Oh, here we go. Listen to this. Says the Gaul Mavina, I cannot describe to you, no Jew in this world can understand the Shahil. How much happiness someone's Neshama has, when he's in Shamaim. If you reduce from his sins, says a Mavina, I cannot describe to you, describe the amount of happiness one will have when he reaches Olamaba, if they take off from his list of Averot even one thought of bad things. Even one even a thought of one bad thing, even of not watching the eyes once. If it gets reduced, the simcha, he says, the simcha of taking that off is so great, I cannot even describe to you in words in this world how great the enjoyment is and how great the happiness will be if one understands what it means to take off one small avera of not controlling the eyes. So that should give us tremendous chizuk, Abatai. It's not either all or nothing. It's not either all, we all become sadikim, that we totally become like Baba Salis, we don't look at anything, or we totally don't control our eyes. No, you have to... Take it one moment at a time. One moment at a time. Every time a person controls himself and controls the Yetzirah and controls his eyes, we can't even describe to you, says the Gaul Mavina, how much happier a person will be if you will only know, if you only know what it means to control your eyes one time. If you only know what it means to control your eyes once, just once. It's such great happiness to subtract the Avera from Shamaim. If a person will only know, he will not do the Avera again. That's what the Gaul Mavina says. A tremendous thing. You know, the other day I spoke about the same topic in a different place. I got a call a couple of days ago of a teenager who listened to the speech. Where I specifically said this point. The one should watch his eyes even one time it's worth it. And I said a different Maramakum, not the Golmavina. Even one time is worth it. He calls me up that he was in he was flying to Florida. He was in an airplane, and no one was able to see him. You know, he actually went with his parents, but his parents sat in front like in front of the plane. He was sitting in the back. 
He said he totally could have not watched his eyes. And he said, I knew in the next couple of days, I'm anyways not going to watch my eyes. But I remember what you said, that even if one time, five minutes, ten minutes, one time you're, not gonna, you're able to control your eyes, one time you stay away from the Avera and you be a Kadosh, you be a holy person, it's already a great mitzvah. And he did it. But that mindset, we have to remember Rabbatai in Judaism, it's not either all or nothing. It's not what Hashem expects my person. You don't become a babasali Chachamavadia or the biggest Baal Avera. No. Every day is a struggle. Every day is a different battle. If you're able to control yourself on Sunday, do it. Although on Monday, you know you're going to fall. Every day, every moment of a time, I understand it makes a huge difference in Hashem when one watches his eyes that moment, although he knows he might fall next time. I want to share with you, how much time do we have left? Okay, so I'm going to finish with this. I want to share with you an interesting pshat. You guys are ready for this? No, I don't hear the excitement. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah, yeah. No, that's better. That's better. I'm about to teach you a beautiful yisod of teshuvah. Beautiful yisod of what it means to repent. It's a huge chidush. Huge chidush. But once a person understands this, this is a fundamental yisod for life as a Jew. What does it mean to be about teshuvah? Tremendous chidush. Says Rabbeinu Yonah like this. Kol adam amit yetsev ala derech atov. Any person that's set on the right path is considered a Baal Teshuvah. What does it mean to repent? Says Rabbi Yeno. To repent, let's say a person wants to start controlling his eyes, or a person wants to start controlling, he has anger manager problems, okay? He screams at his wife too much. He wants to control his kas. Says Rabbi Yeno, Hashem doesn't expect you to fix yourself kacha in one week, one year, two years. It could happen, I'm not saying not. But it doesn't have to be that way. It could take somebody 60 years, 70 years to finally get to that point where you can control midata ka'as. Or you can be that person that totally watches his eyes. But what is considered about teshuvah? Amit yetsev al-derechatov. When one is going down the right path, when one has the right direction in life, when he wants to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's his goal in life, that's his shifut, that's teshuvah. Yes, he might fall here, there, and do a verot. But if his goal, if his sincere goal in life is in the path of getting close to Hashem, he's considered about teshuvah. And we have a pasuk. The pasuk says, pasuk says, Shuva Yisrael ad Hashem elokecha. It's a pasuk of teshuvah. Shuva Yisrael, Kaisal, repent. Ad Hashem elokecha. Tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ask this Yiftechaim. If you're asking somebody to repent, why are you telling him, Shuva Yisrael ad Hashem elokecha? Repent all the way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the holiest place in the world. You want someone to repent? Be easy on the guy. Say Shuvah Yisrael Yom Echad one day. Shuvah Yisrael, stop putting on tefillin. Shuvah Yisrael, uh, don't cook on Shabbat. Why does the Pasuk say Shuvah Yisrael, repent? Go from the bottom of the bottom. And be chazavet teshuvah and go straight all the way to Hashem, the holiest part of the world. Why are we demanding so much? As the Siftechaim. But he answers a beautiful, beautiful answer. But I listen to this. He answers like this. The Pasuk here taught us what is teshuvah. You know what it means to repent? Shuvah Yisrael. You want to repent? Ad Hashem Your mindset, your shi'ifut, your ambitions, your priorities should always be Ad Hashem Baruch You want to know what's true repenting? What's true teshuvah? True teshuvah is when one has a direction to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When one is on the path 
Ad Hashem Elokecha, to reach Hashem. Might take him 80 years, might take him 60 years, he might fall here and there with Averot, but if his mindset, if his train of thought is to get close to Hashem, that's Shuvah Yisrael, that's considered Chozeh B'Teshuvah. And he brings a Mashad. Imagine you have a guy, we're here in New York, okay, let's say a person wants to take a train to Florida, so you have to go south. Let's say this guy was spacing out, okay, he was on his phone, he went on the wrong train. Okay, he sits on the train, he sees he's going to Montreal, Canada, he's going north. Florida is south, Montreal is north if you live in New York. Instead of going off the train and going on the right train, what does he do? He realizes he's going north. All he does, he sits in the same train and he turns around his head towards the south. Is that going to help him to get to Florida? No. Because as long as the train is going towards the north, what does that help you to turn your head? The train is going the wrong direction. The wrong direction. Says the Sifte Chaim, if one wants to repent, you want to be Chazabat Teshuvah. You want to be about the Shuvah, you want to repent to Hashem? Of course it helps to go like this. And of course it says, Hashem, I want to get back to you. Of course Yom Kippur helps and Torah helps. But as long as you're in the same train, as long as one is in direction of thought, the same train of thought of life is about money, life is about celebrities, life is about Netflix, life is about desires, 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 and the whole culture of the world, if the mindset is still going towards that direction, that's not real Teshuvah. You're like that guy that's going north and he just turns his head to the south. You want real teshuvah? Hop on the different train that's going towards the right, the right direction. Real teshuvah is changing the train of thought. That's teshuvah. When one's mindset is, I want to get close to Hashem. That's my goal in life. When one's direction is to be holier and holy, yes, a person's going to fall here and there. But the train of thought is to get close to Hashem. That's about Teshuvah. That's Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Elokecha. And that's what Rabbeinu Yonah here is saying. You know what Teshuvah means? Teshuvah means Amit Yatsev Al Derech HaTov. When one is going in the right path, he's going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction, you're doing very good. So whoever even thinks of controlling his eyes, whoever tries to control his eyes, whoever in this generation wants to be holy and he tries you should know that trying, that effort, the true effort a person puts in, already proves he's in the right path. That's called about Teshuvah. Yes, he might fall here and there. It might take a couple of years. It might take struggles of 10 years, whatever it is. But if you're on that mindset, and if you're on that right direction of becoming holy and getting closer to Hashem, and your priorities and your ambitions are right, of learning Torah and getting close to Hashem, you are considered already about Teshuvah. That is what Teshuvah means to Zabaniyuna. You guys heard that? Being on the right path already is Teshuvah. But imagine you have a guy that's 50, 60 years old. He still has that mindset of not really getting close to Hashem. Which is nice. You know, he gets Chayar Olam I'm sure it means to Hashem, the Torah, the Limudim, the Shabbat. But if your mindset, if the gears are not changing the mind, life is about getting close to Hashem. Period. Life is not about becoming wealthy. Life is not become uh, famous and all these things. That's a mistake. It's a mistake. The culture, the culture is educating us the wrong ideas. Life is not about these things. It's not about desires. It's not about wealth. It's not about all these disgusting things. That's a mistake. It's called fake news, like we call it. Hashem tells us, you know what real enjoyment is? You know what life is about? Torah and mitzvot and being holy. When one watches his eyes and you control yourself, you're gaining a lot more enjoyment. The Kiddushah and the light that will come to your neshama from control yourself is so worth it. The Kiddushah, the enjoyment is so great. Please don't fall for the culture. Do not fall for all these things. You don't want to live life and then regret it when you're old. 
person only lives once. A person does not want to go through life and say, oh, I wish when I was younger, I was able to control myself, I wouldn't enjoy my life more. You know, you're never going to find, and remember this for the rest of your lives, you're never going to find a person that kept Torah mitzvot, the regrets that he kept Torah mitzvot, he was religious, by his deathbed. Let's say a person reaches 120, you will never tell him here and tell his family, or hardly, Oh, I shouldn't have kept Shabbat. Oh, it was so boring my whole life. Oh, I shouldn't have kept kosher. Never going to find a person that regrets it. But you're going to find many people, many people who regret now listening to Hashem before they leave this world. They say, ay, 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 what a fool I was. Was it worth it? Come on. Was Instagram that worth it? Was Facebook that worth it? Was not watching your eyes, was going to all these disgusting places. Was it that worth it? No, absolutely not. We're still young. I'm also young. Okay, I call myself young. I just turned 30. We're still young. We have a whole life ahead of us to grab enjoyments, to grab Torah and mitzvot, to control our eyes. The opportunity Hashem gave us is tremendous. We have a huge opportunity to become holy people in our generation. What took people last generation to, let's say a person 100 years ago, wanted to see something bad, well, you had to go in a horse and buggy, and there's, who knows how long it took him, right? And our generation takes a split second if a person wants to look at something bad. So every moment... Every moment, like the Golem of Venus says, a person controls his eyes. Five minutes, ten minutes, you know how much of a zikhut you have. You have such an opportunity of controlling your eyes. You know how much of an opportunity you have to get close and close to Hashem in generations that they have the zikhut that we have to control our eyes like we do. If Hashem put us in this world to battle this specific sin, if He chose us out of all generations, that means we're capable of being it. Understand how much you're worth, you have a holy neshama. Don't crash it. Understand how much Hashem expects of you. Understand that your neshama is worth so much, don't damage it with not watching your eyes. And whoever tries to control his eyes, know that you're already on the right path. You are considered about Teshuvah. I'm going to end up with the story. Okay, Rabbi Everyone is still listening? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this is a tremendous story. This story was said by Ritzchah Zilberstein. Are you listening? You look tired. No? Okay. Ritzchah Zilberstein said like this. He quotes like this from the Baal Shomer Amunim. Look how much schuyot we have. Well, I mean, we should never put ourselves in such a situation. But look at this. If you anyways live in Queens, okay? Listen to what it says here. Shim Adam Olech Barechov. A person walking in the street. Through like an immodest picture. He controls himself. He does not look at that picture. That moment, that second that you control your eyes, whatever you ask me, you hear this? Every time a person is walking down the street, and Chasvish Shalom, the Yetzirah sends like an immodest picture or on your phone. And a person has Gevurah, Gevurah, and he controls himself. And by the way, Gevurah is the same gematria as Riyah. Gevurah means strength, Riyah means to look. Who's the true strong person? A person who controls his eyes, says a Ben Yishchai. But it brings another Shomer Amunim. When one is strong and one controls his eyes, that moment that you control your eyes, it's seriously a etratzon, it's a special moment, daven to Hashem for whatever you want, that specific moment. That's how powerful it is to Hashem, when one controls his eyes. Did you hear that? One time controlling your eyes. 
Daven to Hashem that moment. Someone needs Shiduchim, someone needs Panasah, someone needs Refuah Shlema. That's when you pull out that piece of paper and he's Refuah Shlema. That's how holy that moment is of controlling your eyes, says the Sefer Shomer Emunim. How powerful is that? We should get up and dance. For how much Zichuyot Hashem gives us in our generation. How much Zichuyot, how much of Hashem holds of us that He put us to go through such a test. That means He holds from really, really powerful people. Hashem really believes in us. Like real soldiers, like Giburim, Giburim Tabita Yetzara. And I'm going to end up with this story, even though I said that ten times. The story goes like this. This happened a couple of years ago. He says, this person who said over the story, he said, you always read about watching your eyes, watching your eyes, but Baruch Hashem, he lives in a very modest place. So he never put himself in a situation of a test. A person should never put himself in a situation of a test, ever. Always try to go to places where it's going to be modest. Never go to a place where you know it's not going to be modest. Don't tell yourself, oh, don't worry. I'm going to control myself. I'm going to get zechiyot. So let me go to immodest place and control my eyes and get zechiyot. It doesn't work that way. In fact, the Gemara says about Batra, if one has two paths to get home, a short way and a long way. And the short way to get home has immodest things. The halacha is, one has to take the long path Okay, although he's going to close his eyes, taking the short path. So although he's going to close his eyes, he's walking in that path, just in case he might open his eyes, and just in case he might look immodest thing, the Allah is, he cannot take chances, you have to take the long path. So all these places of vacations take consideration. You have your rent-a-car, you have a good hotel, you have a Chabad, actually you have, oh, make sure you also have Shemirat Ha'anayim in these places. Very, very important if a person wants to be holy. Okay, so this person happens to be, had to go to Tel Aviv. Because unfortunately his daughter was sick in Be'er Sheva, which is south of Israel. He had to go to Tel Aviv to a special clinic to pick up certain medicine. As he was walking Tel Aviv, unfortunately Tel Aviv is not the most modest town. This is like the Manhattan of Eretz side, unfortunately. He saw there was an immodest picture. Right away he put his head down. He Right away the story goes, he put his head down. He remembers how, how kadosh it is when you watch your eyes and the Yitzhak tries to get you. So he was walking Tel Aviv and he remembered all these halachot. He put his head down. As he put his head down, he remembers this Shomer Munim who said, Davin, Davin, Davin for that moment that he control your eyes. And when he put his head down, he started Davin to Hashem to please send the refuah shlema to his daughter. His daughter was sick in Be'er Sheva. So he was here to pick a medicine. He said, Davin, Hashem, please give refuah shlema to my daughter. After he Davin's Abatai, he's waiting online in Tel Aviv by the clinic to pick up the medicine. He gets a phone call from his wife. His wife is crying. She's all happy. What happened? She sounded so excited. It took her a few minutes to talk. She was so excited. She was crying. She told me, she told her husband like this, the wife says, literally a couple of minutes ago, the doctor did an x-ray and they came back and they said that you don't need the medicine for the daughter anymore. The sickness that she had, the machalab, Hashem, disappeared. And he remembered that it's b'schut tefillah that he davened. He was able to control his eyes. He put his head down and he davened to Hashem. Please send the Shema to my daughter. And b'schut that Rabbi a couple minutes later, the doctor tells the wife in Be'el Sheva, the Baruch Hashem, the extra came out, she's totally fine, it disappeared. Rabbi this story happened a couple of years ago. I'm not telling you some Baal Shem story from 200 years ago. Literally happened in Eretz Yisrael when a guy controls his eyes. Do we trust Hashem or not? Hashem knows what He's talking about. The power of controlling your eyes. Let's take upon ourselves as much as possible to fight the culture. Do not give in to the goyim. Be a proud Jew and control your eyes as much as possible. Thank you so much for listening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.